0: Bonjour everyone, you're listening to I just want to eat the podcast. I'm your host Jean-Philippe. So today we have a special guest, Vinny Darello, aka Johnny Prime. Hey Vinny. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Excited to be here now thank you for being part of this episode we're going to be talking about meat because at the end of the day you're one of the masters i would say one of the specialists in new
1: york of meat can you tell us a bit about you sure uh so uh, i grew up uh, just outside of the city on long island and um, you know, always had a fascination with steak and meat ever since I was a kid. I used to order my steaks extra well done. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and I think it was really because I liked the, the crust on them and I didn't realize, you know, that that was taking all the flavor out when you cooked it <laughs> so much. So as I grew up and uh, became an adult, I realized the joys of medium rare and rare. <laughs> so uh, and that's how it all started, really. OK, so you, you have really a true passion for,
0: for food, especially meat, but not just steak, in fact. you you like any kind of meat?
1: Yeah, any, um, pretty much any protein, any animal protein um, uh, I get excited about, whether it's chicken, pork, veal, beef, anything. And the exotic stuff is actually pretty fun, too. You know, elk and venison and uh, game meats and things like that. Have you tried uh, anything like snake, turtle? I have. I've tried snake, turtle. It's funny because a lot of that I tried when I was down in Louisiana, New Orleans. I would say I I would attribute my real passion for food developing when my wife and I went down there for a trip, and I had no idea what was what was good to do in the area. So when I planned the trip, friends that I worked with were telling me, "Oh, you got to try this restaurant. You got to try that restaurant." And so I started marking them off on on a map. <laughs> this was before, like, your maps were on your phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, it, the whole trip became, you know, places to try different foods. And uh, that's really where it started. That, that town is such a food town. And um, I guess it transformed me into someone who really appreciates what goes into the meal.
0: Yeah. And can you tell everyone what you're doing today, your job? Because I think that's very interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, so
0: earlier this year,
1: I left my my legal career and I went to work as a uh, apprentice butcher and uh, packer at my friend's uh, meat company in the meatpacking district in New York City. Wow, well, look, if you don't call that
0: true passion, I don't know what you can call that. <laughs> Maybe some people are going to say you're crazy.
1: Yes, <laughs> it was a big jump, a big uh, change, but you know, I'm learning a lot every day. I'm learning something different. I'm learning about the business aspect. I'm learning about the, you know, the craft of butchery, and it's just all coming together nicely, as uh, a natural progression for this hobby turned, you know, profession. And it's not that easy, huh? No. No, no. It's it's physically very physically uh, draining, <laughs> but it's very different from from the legal field, which could was sometimes mentally draining. So it, it's a little bit of a, a trade off. What's your typical day? I wake up around 3.30 and get to work anywhere between 4 and 5, which is a little bit late for most of the other guys at the, at the plant. They, uh, they get there earlier to get some of the orders settled in, and then the meat cutting usually starts around 4.30. And uh, so I get there and I'm usually helping cut whether it's filets, strip steaks, ribeyes, whatever the orders are for that day, and then uh, helping pack them into this uh, cryovac machine, which is basically uh, industrial grade vacuum pack sealer for individual steaks, and then uh, helping get them into boxes and load them onto trucks for delivery. And it's been several
0: months now. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious to know, would you be able to recognize a a piece of meat without anybody telling you what it is? I should, uh, especially if it's, the more common cuts, I should be able to, yes. <laughs> I would hope. Even with the flavor, let's say you go to a restaurant, but blind taste. Oh, blind taste.
1: Interesting. Maybe. I think some of the cuts from the Chuck have a little bit more of an iron flavor to them. They're a little bit more aggressively beefy than some of the middle, the, the, some of the more tame and middle cuts, like strip steaks and fillets. They're yeah. a little bit, you know, gentler. Definitely could tell if something is aged or not. That's something I picked up a little early on in my steak obsession. You know, you know that dry age flavor with the yeah. that characteristic nuttiness, a little bit of almost like a blue cheese kind of flavor sometimes. That those things you really pick up quickly when you're familiar with it. Yeah, and, and you age your meat at home. Yes. Yes. I started doing that uh, two years ago, I guess, with a little fridge that had been modified for aging steaks and then kind of upgraded it to a better, cooler looking one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You
0: you know what's interesting is when when you see the meat aged, I mean, it Mm -hmm. doesn't look good. You know, if you pass in front of Gallagher's, for example, from the street, Mm -hmm. you can see the meat and it is so good. I have to say a good aged meat. And what do you think about uh, wet aging?
1: Wet aged, I think they, I think they kind of slap that term on there as a fancy way to increase the, uh, the palatability of something that's just been in shrink wrap for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it definitely does do something to the flavor because everything kind of stays contained in the package. So you'll get some intense juiciness and a little bit more of a pronounced aroma. It, it, for me, it's more of an aroma that I get from wet aged meat as opposed to dry age, which actually changed the chemical structure of the, the meat fibers itself. And that's where you can really pull out different flavor notes and, and especially different aromas as well.
0: Yeah, I have to say my favorite wet-aged steakhouse was Chimichoy Grill. Oh, that place was great. Yeah. It was great, but unfortunately they had to close due to COVID. Both yeah. places, the one on the east side and the one in Hell's Kitchen, yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I remember right before, I think a week before lockdown, I was there with a friend, in fact, and I had their ribeye. But was, I don't know why they always put it off the menu. Maybe because, mm-hmm. you know, it makes it a little bit special. Right. But their meat yeah. was really good.
1: Yeah, he, and he used to bring in some stuff from, uh, from South America. I remember him saying some stuff from, uh, you know, Argentina or I think it was Argentina. Yeah. All that grass-fed stuff, and uh, it, he did a, he did a great job with that. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I went about a month before we got locked down, A month or two. I was in there, uh, I would say November or December of last year, and yeah, right before, uh, or sorry, 2019. Yeah, yeah, I know it goes fast. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> it really does. Now, look, it was a great place, and. Uh... It's, uh, it's so sad huh, to see all those restaurants that closed due to COVID. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's an opportunity for others, and others uh, thrived or, uh, or open. but that one, I have to say, when I passed in front of it and I saw the sign, I was like, ah, oh, shoot, I yeah. love that place. And yeah. what, what's your favorite cut when you go to a steakhouse?
1: I Well, it really it, it really all depends on what, what mood I'm in. I, I was always a ribeye guy, like whenever I first Go to a steakhouse I've never been to before. I, I kind of want to try their ribeye t- to kind of test the metal of the of the steakhouse. But I, you know, every once in a while I'm feeling the porterhouse or even some of the other some of the other cuts that are a little harder to find at steakhouses like uh the petite tenders, the terrace major, or you know sometimes a hanger. Mm. But I uh, but I would have to say the ribeye is kind of like the uh the king of steaks, if I'm just ordering with myself, if I'm sharing, then then I guess a porterhouse would, have, would be better because it's a little bit, you generally a little bit bigger and you got two different steaks in one that you can, uh, you know, sample. Yeah, and I have to say for me, it's also very buy
0: I love the yeah. bone-in I prefer because the meat around the bone, there, there's a, this yeah. particular Best taste stuff. there that is, uh, that is awesome. So you wrote a book in fact that is available on amazon what makes you decide to write a book and and can you explain what it is about
1: sure yeah it's essentially it's like a, a beef reference book and um and then as i was writing it i realized i could work in some of the beef i guess you could call them beef advocacy articles that i had started to write As I, I, as you know, like when you're, because you have a blog as well. We're we're some of the few people who still write about food instead of just taking pictures and putting them on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But but you know, I I, as I was writing, I I was the restaurant review was just becoming a little bit kind of rote or stale. So I started writing more about meat and just in general. It started off with anatomy and what the different cuts are terms, you know, explaining the different terms that are around the meat industry, a kind of a, almost like a glossary, and then I started hooking up with these people who are at the um, the various state beef councils and the national beef council, and um, they do a lot of beef advocacy, and they kind of try to dispel certain myths that are in the, um, the common lexicon about, you know, beef is not healthy, or beef is... Uh, is is not, you know, kind to the animals, farmers aren't kind to the animals or, or things like that. So I started uh, actually going to visit farms and processing plants and learning more about how beef animals are raised and treated and fed. And I realized that this is a, a giant gap in knowledge between the producers, you know, the farmers and the and the ranchers and the end customer at the restaurant. They don't often know the journey that the animals take from start to finish. So I figured that would be a good place to, you know, kind of write about and get people into the know, so to speak. Do you plan to do a part two now that you know even more yeah. about meat? I think there would definitely, at least not if not a part two, then then maybe like a a new edition. You know, like with some some additional uh, cuts and or a chapter or two here and there and. Maybe a little bit more about cutting instead of just the the cuts themselves. You know how it's cut. It's uh, I'm I'm definitely learning a lot from uh, from the uh, this this wholesaler perspective and butchery and cutting and packing life that I hadn't had access to beforehand.
0: So I guess if you were to go to hell, the worst thing that could happen to you is not to have meat at all. <laughs> that would yeah. be your torture. <laughs>
1: That would suck, but but there are some there are some good alternatives out there. But like I always tell my wife, if, if there was ever some reason where I couldn't eat, eat eat meat anymore, I think I'd be a big mushroom guy because I love mushrooms.
0: <laughs> no, it's true that you know you have some mushroom like portobello mushroom. They have like a, a meaty texture, yeah, and definitely. and you can do stuff with it. In fact, uh, because my wife is vegetarian, so mm-hmm. usually I'm gonna eat meat when we go out. At home, it's really rare. And what I mm-hmm. try to do is to find alternatives like mushrooms, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you talk about health before, you know, the, the myth about meat and health. Mm-hmm. Do you mind telling us about your, your experience uh, years ago and how it progressed? Because you had a weight. Yeah. I yeah. don't know how to say that. A weight issue, I would say. Mm-hmm. You, lost, uh, you lost a lot of pounds and you know what is incredible is if people look at your instagram you're like with all the meat this
1: guy is eating <laughs>
0: how is he like that
1: yeah yeah i mean it it's um it all started i guess in my my late 20s early 30s i i was in a more sedentary lifestyle at you know at work i was sitting at the desk all day and you know i didn't Changed my eating habits. I still ate as I did when I was a kid with a great metabolism. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the pounds just started sticking. And uh, there was one day I was going up the stairs, a flight of stairs, and I got to the top after like one or two flights, and I was feeling it. I was sucking wind. My heart was racing. And I, and I said to myself, "All right, this is it. I gotta, I gotta change something." So I made it like a New Year's resolution to lose 25 or 30 pounds. Is where I initially had started. I was uh, I was about 220 pounds at the time, which for my family is very big because mm. everyone in my family is skinny and can eat what they want, you know and it just naturally shed the pounds. But I had to work for it and uh, <laughs> the way I did it was pretty simple. It was just counting calories, watching my portion size and good old-fashioned exercise. I did a lot of running. So no to vegetables and things like that. I did I did try to, switch from fattier meats to lean meats and smaller portions of them so I did some chicken and some uh, leaner beef cuts you know instead of like the fatty ribeyes and stuff I was switching over to more loin cuts and uh, smaller portions and try to increase the the green vegetable portion at the same time so that you know I would still get full from the meal because I had enough food in me (laughs) but a little bit less of the things that tend to, to add weight you know and and also just watching how you cook, you know, if less butter, less, you know, some of the other things that are typically thought of as fat or cheese Another is another one. But uh, but a, a lot of that got turned on its head as, as the years went on. I started, you know, discovering that some people were losing tons of weight and still eating lots of butter and cheese and meat and fatty meats and fat in general with the keto diets and the carnivore diets and, and all these other, you know, Trends that were coming out, but for me it was it was all about the exercise. The running became addictive, and I started running more and more and more, and so that became kind of like currency. All the calories that I burned while running—that was currency that I could spend on eating. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and and like in general, I I always would try to avoid carbs like pastas and breads and, and things like that, but. As time went on, I realized I could, uh, I could work those back in as well without really missing uh, anything on the weight watching side.
0: How many times a week do you eat meat, would you say?
1: Uh, probably four or five, maybe six. <laughs> wow. there's, there's usually some meat component to whatever I'm eating.
0: I don't want you to have any enemies after uh, in New York, but if you have to name the best steakhouse in New York. Which mm-hmm. one is it
1: and why? I would have to say Keen's. And, and you know, it all depends on, on what cut I feel like eating that day or, you know. But Keen's always seems like it's um, is a hit. They have a great prime rib. They're famous for their, their lamb mutton chop, which is kind of like a little double porterhouse for lamb. And um, the ambiance and history of that place is just incredible you know the pipes on the ceiling the story behind how it was it was a men's only place and then you know a woman went in there and protested and then opened it up for everyone in the general public and uh you know the teddy roosevelt room the lincoln memorabilia in there there's a lot of american history in there it's a really nice spot
0: i had been that i went to keynes few years ago i was a bit disappointed uh yeah, no, look, I, I may have to go back. Maybe it was an uh, off day. But I remember uh, my wife got the ribeye. She was not vegetarian at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, not the ribeye, the filet mignon. So when she was not vegetarian, she was only eating filet mignon. She not really right. like uh, the ribeye. That is what I get most of the time. Mm-hmm. And it was not well made. In fact, it's interesting because I compare it to a piece of tuna, you know, overcooked mm-hmm. tuna. It was yeah, and that's true. But if you if you go to my blog and you look at the photo, you're gonna say, "Hmm, yeah, looks weird." And then I had their mutton because it's their specialty, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm, "That's okay, but I'll have to go back to see." Uh, maybe maybe it was an off day.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I remember there were a few times I went uh, a couple years back. I, I just wasn't I wasn't happy. You know, there was a. I think we did a porterhouse one time. They don't they don't have a regular ribeye on the menu usually. Like it, if they have anything that's like a grilled ribeye mm-hmm. or you know a, a broiled ribeye, it's usually a special item that they'll, you know, announce at the table. But I always like the prime rib there because it's nice and big and it's cooked just right. But uh but yeah, I mean, they did have a few uh, there were a few trips I went where it was off, and I guess that's common for every every restaurant you know they go through their ups and downs and they have an off night and it's a rare thing when you find a place that really is always on you know and and that's that's why i go to that you know you know my my <laughs> you know my blog and my instagram that's why i always go to Tuscany Steakhouse they're just yep. always on always on
0: it's a great place i have to say Tuscany Steakhouse is a great place Yeah. have you tried Dino and Harry in Hoboken I haven't, I've heard great things about it though. It's fantastic. I went few times. The only moment I would not go is restaurant week because I had a theory about restaurant week, the fact that Mm -hmm. most of the time, you know, the steakhouse is, it's not gonna be the same quality they're gonna serve you because they still have to make money. So Mm -hmm. I went there and as soon as I cut the meat, I saw it was totally different. I I would Mm -hmm. forget going to a steakhouse for restaurant week. Absolutely, I agree. Otherwise, I went a few times. Their porterhouse is good, their ribeye is good, their filet mignon
1: is good. It's a great, great place. I got to try it out. My last time over, I was at uh, Antique Bar and Bakery. They ah. do a nice ribeye.
0: Oh, ah, please, nah. you're kidding me on that one. I love that place. It's their yeah. ribeye, same thing. Never been disappointed. And I even did delivery during COVID. Oh, nice. Because living in Hoboken, you know, it's easy. And um, every delivery of that ribeye was perfect. <laughs> it's, great. This ribeye is incredible. Hear. Yeah. His pastas are great too.
1: He, he does a lot of good stuff there.
0: Yeah, I think he does a lot of good stuff and it's very unique. You know, it's not the type mm-hmm. of place where you would say, "Hey, I can get something very similar somewhere else. It's very yes. unique the ambience is great there also. Mm-hmm. So I, I really love that place. And, and you know, at some point I remember we were passing, they closed until September, I think uh, last year, and we were wondering if they closed forever because there was no mm-hmm. specific sign or anything. And they reopened at the beginning only for delivery.
1: Yes, so that's we,
0: right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and we were so happy to see that. And we even went for Thanksgiving because they oh. had they were delivering Thanksgiving dinner, and what is great is that a lot of time when you want to order, you know it was just for two of us. so you have uh, I don't know eight pounds turkey, something like that. well, my wife <laughs> being vegetarian, not gonna happen. but then <laughs> they were offering you know for one person. I thought that was very smart. Oh that's cool. yeah oh yeah, and it was really good, you know they. They have that wood fire oven in the back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they cook everything there. It's, it's this place is very- it's Very made. impressive, yeah. Yeah. What do
1: you think about Peter Luger? Uh, I'm one of the people who, who doesn't love them as much as the rest of the world, but I do love their burger. Their their dry aged burger that they offer at lunch is one of the best I've had. I'll have to try that one. Yeah. Because they, they it's got fantastic. a lot
0: of heat, huh? uh, you know, People saying that it's not anymore what it used to be, forget about it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean it's still it's still a, a staple, a classic and uh and it is good food. I just there are better steakhouses, in my opinion, for steak for steak only and, and things like that. But there are better places to go close by or in midtown or you know, that I would go to before that. But for the burger and now that it's right close to me or over the other side of the bridge I can just walk over and grab the burger. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Mm. No, definitely, I'd love to try that. What would be your last meal? Hmm, That's a good one. I would say uh, a nice, to start off, a nice crisp, cold martini, gin, and some shellfish, maybe oysters or uh, maybe a crab cake. And then uh, a medium rare ribeye with a good crust from the broiler. Maybe some cream, spinach and hash browns to go with it. And uh, creme brulee for dessert. Interesting. Classic steakhouse meal for me. That would yeah. be it. That, that's a fairly classic, I would say. But I'm just
0: surprised you did not say like a slab of bacon because I know you like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do love the steakhouse bacon, the thick slabs of bacon. But I think um, I think oysters are the right move.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and you would pair that, you would just have a martini, that's it. I think the martini is is good with the um I guess the ideal would be the martini with the shellfish and then maybe like a glass of red wine with the steak and then uh a, a scotch or a bourbon with the uh with the dessert. <laughs> hmm. And
0: besides steak, what what's your favorite meal? Burgers.
1: <laughs> Burgers or pizza? Pizza's uh pizza's. You know, yeah, it's just uh Man, when, when you get that craving, there's nothing that stops. There's nothing that gets in the way. What type of pizza do you like? I like... Um, my favorite right now is, uh, is over in Jersey City called Ratza. It's kind of like a cross between New York or Brooklyn style and Neapolitan style, where it's got that puffy, very light, airy dough, but it's also uh, no flop, you know, like the New York style crispy pizza. So it's it's just he's got I don't know what he's doing over there but he's got it down and it's so good. I think he was uh, named
0: one of the best pizza in the state of New Jersey.
1: Yeah, yeah. If not more. Yeah, than that's better, right. Uh, and there was there was an article. I think the reason why I went there was that there was an, an article and a TV show. Uh, somebody feed Phil, and he uh, he basically said the best the best New York pizza is in New Jersey, and I was like, what? (laughs) So I I, piqued my interest, so I went to try it and it's excellent.
0: Pizza is a big thing, definitely in New York. It's it's pretty, uh, it's pretty funny, in fact. And you can have all sorts of pizza from the Neapolitan, classic Neapolitan. Mm -hmm. And uh, in fact, one of my favorite places for Neapolitan pizza is Luzzo's or Keste. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. They moved, in fact, Kesté, uh, because same thing. I, we we passed by last time. Like, oh, shoot! They closed, but in fact, they moved. So they're still open. Oh, that's good. They have great pizza there, and then the classic New York pizza is is really good.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been warming up a lot lately to Detroit style. It's very good. The crust is a uh, is a unique, somewhere between a New York style and a Sicilian, uh, airy, crispy. It's really good stuff. What about um, deep dish? I, I I look at deep dish as um as a different type of food, kind of like a casserole or a or like a savory pie rather than a pizza which is, you know, cuz it's a butter crust a lot of times it's yep. a butter crust. So it's very different than than a pizza dough. But uh but it's still delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say
0: great meat very comforting in fact, uh pizza.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
0: I have a couple of questions for you, Vinnie. So you're mm-hmm. going to have to try to think very quick and it's going to be a lightning round. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. I mean, some of them you already responded, but let's see. Wine or cocktail? Cocktail. Manhattan or old-fashioned? Old-fashioned. Crab cake or shrimp cocktail? Crab cake. Crab cake or roasted bone marrow? Oh, roasted bone marrow. Roasted bone marrow or a slab of bacon? Slab of bacon. Well done steak but really well done or salmon? <laughs> <laughs> oh salmon. French fries or mashed potatoes? Mm, French fries. Thin cut or steak fries? Thin cut. Péarnaise or pepper sauce? Oh, uh, prenaise. Killam pie or pecan pie? Ilan. Coffee or cordial? coffee all right very interesting (laughs) it's very interesting because some of them I look I have to agree with you like the french fries Mm -hmm. I don't like the steak fries yeah yeah I like when they're thin well cooked slightly crispy you know steak fries I rarely
1: had very good one yeah very rare and when they're good they're great but but like you said super rare yeah
0: and I like your reaction uh, when I talk about
1: the steak or the salmon, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want a, I want a, a correctly cooked fish over an a overcooked steak.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I did not say uh, overcooked salmon, so that's good then. Mm-hmm.
1: What What is the most spectacular food experience you had? Oh man, uh, I would say just walking around in uh, San Sebastian in Spain and uh, you know, trying all the different pinchos restaurants, the tapas places, and just having snacks and drinks, walking around the, the streets in the summertime—it's uh, nothing. There's nothing like it.
0: Yeah, I've never been there. I heard they have the most Michelin-starred uh, restaurant there. Yeah, the food is fantastic. I, I'm really gonna have to go there.
1: Yes, it's it's wonderful. They're a little, a little bit hostile towards uh, <laughs> towards uh, tourists, but. Uh, it's it's a wonderful place. It's beautiful. All right, I'll check it out.
0: Okay, thank you, Vini. Where thank can you. we find you? So, Instagram, blog, your book. Oh yeah. So the, the blog is uh
1: JohnnyPrimeSteaks.com, and uh, the Instagram is uh, Johnny Prime The CC is for carnivore connoisseur. <laughs> Interesting. And your book? The book The book is on Amazon. It's called The Beef Bible.
0: The Beef Bible, easy to remember. Yes. All right. Thank you, Vinnie. It was a great information. It was a great conversation. Thank you very much for participating. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. You're welcome. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any question, comment, or suggestion at jp.atjustwanttoeat.com. And check out the blog at www.idjustwanttweet.com. À bientôt. Au revoir.